0: Welcome to Culture Unfit. My name is Nikia Riviak, and if you've ever felt constrained by culture's expectations of who you should be, what you should do, or what constitutes good, bad, or ugly while showing up in the workplace, then this podcast is for you. Welcome, my beautiful misfits. Welcome to episode six of Culture Unfit. I am really thrilled to be back. I've been on a little bit of a hiatus uh, over the last couple weeks because I started a new job. And it's been quite intense, um, but in a lovely, inspiring way. But it's made it really difficult for me to, to find the time to record this. But I'm excited to finally be here because this is a story... That I have been aware of for a while, um I've received many, many stories since I started the podcast, and this this one was uh, I don't know how to say it. I think this one was this one was uh, an emotional one for me, And so it took me a while to figure out how to address it um and how to share uh, thoughts around it. And that's because the story um presents uh, This beautiful quirk, this quirk from this beautiful misfit, and how that may have affected uh, their ability to show up at work authentically. um, But it also kind of resolves itself. Uh, So I'm going to let you listen to this story. And, you know, usually I would come in at the end and provide some thoughts on how this person might move past the situation, but I think uh, there's enough already in the story that suggests that this person has clearly been on an amazing journey, um, and faced what felt like an, um, I guess impediment at work, uh, head on. And so what we'll do after you listen is just sort of talk through uh, other things that, uh, Um, could potentially be used in situations where you want to make sure other people are aware of this special ability that you have. So without further ado, let's listen to our beautiful misfit share what I think will be a really resonant story.
1: Over the past 15 years, I have been steadily losing my hearing. At first, it was only in one ear, and eventually, it started in the other. I know someday in the future, maybe sooner, or hopefully later, it will basically be gone. However, this slow loss has allowed me time and space to deal with life without as much sound. At first, I was embarrassed, as I was young and worried that it would somehow reflect poorly on me. Then I thought about all the other things that don't work so perfectly in my body. My eyes aren't great, and I require glasses. My back occasionally hurts, so I need to adjust how I sleep. What I think really hit me is how I showed up in the world, particularly work. I've spent a large part of my career in the agency space and in loud offices. Having to ask someone to repeat themselves constantly or to speak up because you can't quite read their lips is uncomfortable, and I had lots of social anxiety about it. Once, after I asked someone to repeat themselves several times in a meeting because they were speaking so fast... A manager from a partner team offhandedly said, Are you not paying attention? Maybe you need more coffee. Wake up. Other people laughed, and I was, I was pretty embarrassed. I didn't think I could say that I was hard of hearing and I was paying attention, probably more than anyone else. I was watching lips, concentrating on every word, dissecting what the speaker said from the noise around me. It was exhausting, but all they saw was that I wasn't paying attention. Over time, I figured out small techniques to hear more in meetings and conversations. I'd sit closer to the speaker. I'd look down and take notes, sometimes closing my eyes subtly to concentrate. I would turn my head to aim my good ear towards them so I had the best chance of catching every word. Needless to say, I was exhausted every day after work. It wasn't until recently, when remote work became more accepted, that I started to feel truly at ease at work. Having the ability to use closed captions, noise-canceling headphones, and recordings of meetings to review are all huge to enabling me to feel like I'm at the same speed as everyone else. I'm even now starting conversations with a request for a recording, or mentioning that I have trouble hearing and might need the captions turned on in Zoom. As a manager, my life experiences shape me. I know that I spend extra time to make sure my team and our coworkers' needs are acknowledged when it comes to showing up. For this... I'm very thankful because hopefully my gained extra awareness has allowed someone else to feel confident and maybe we can help break this cycle of perfect people expectations.
0: Okay, so take a deep breath and and let's move on. Now, I want to first speak to our beautiful Misfit and the story that was just shared and then speak to you. Let's call our beautiful misfit Sam, and uh, Sam is not uh, the name, uh, the real name of this beautiful misfit. But uh, I want to be able to visualize someone as I share this. So, Sam, first of all, thank you for sharing your story um, and your vulnerability in being open in describing what. Uh, It must have felt like, or what it did feel like for you as you began to lose your hearing. I can only imagine how scary that must have been for you on a human level. And then to layer on top of what you were experiencing in your own body and all of the feelings that were coming up because of that, with social interactions that needed to adjust because of uh, something that you could not control. Um, again, I can only imagine the uh, fear that's there because of the uncertainty of uh, the condition that you were experiencing, losing your hearing, but also not knowing how people who were close to you and then those uh, somewhat adjacent to you at, at work um, would react. So that, that alone takes courage and I appreciate you deeply for that. The other thing that I want to say is that it sounds like you had to go through some really bumpy spots um, as you dealt with people who just uh, had no idea because, you know, you hadn't necessarily divulged um, what was going on with you and were accidentally insensitive. And, you know, I, I bring this up because you... Sam or the person who is experiencing this change, but nobody else is. And it doesn't excuse the behavior of people who are unaware, uh, but it does give me, and I hope uh, people listening, empathy. Um, I do think it, it underscores the way that you tell the story, the need for people to ask questions before... The words that are percolating in their minds exit their mouths, and it's really hard, um, particularly when you know you you are having a good time or you know think that you're saying something that is is completely innocuous. Um, I think in this day and age, it is really important that we all develop a little bit of these sensitivities, and it's not meant, or at least this this. Urge or, or, or this provocation is not meant to make people so overly sensitive that they don't speak their truth, they don't show up authentically, they don't, you know, have fun relationships at work. Um, however, I think as we move into an era where diversity in all of its forms, um, which pretty much has always existed, but really is sort of coming to the fore as movements Uh, in society and culturally shine a light on how important it is for us to recognize each other's differences and, and similarities, it is really important that we try and use more empathetic words. Um, and my favorite thing is just demonstrating some curiosity. So, you know, in that example that Sam gave where he was sharing that someone said, you know, did you not have your coffee? Like, you know, are you tired? Um, again, I could imagine that that person, assuming they had a relationship with Sam, was really <laughs> worried that maybe Sam was tired and and you know for that reason wasn't able to pay as much attention but it, it was like daggers um, for Sam because it was not at all that he was putting all of his energy into being extremely focused and was just missing a lot simply because the conversation was happening quickly so from that moment to becoming more comfortable with uh, talking to coworkers and saying, you know, this is the situation, all the way to a pandemic that has made technology become the great equalizer, if you will, with Zoom and Hangouts and other forms of video conferencing Um, developing features like captions and noise cancelling capabilities and headphones. All of these things have been really democratizing for so many. And particularly in Sam's case, for those who are hard of hearing, it is a wonderful thing to be able to have in a virtual setting, live dictation of what people are saying. And it's just not something that uh, is easy to replicate when you're in person. But the fact that he's gotten to this point where he is now managing others and coaching others and trying to get them to embrace the fear and push through it so that they can have conversations with coworkers about what's going on, I think that's a beautiful thing. And so that is the one thing I want to make sure that I leave with Sam, who I think is listening, and that is thank you for not only sharing the story but for making it part of your mission to help others and now my message to those of you listening and those of you listening who are in the deaf or hard of hearing uh, community you know this is a special message for you given the story i'd like to encourage you to try to figure out the wi- the right way Uh, that's comfortable for you, because there is no one right way, but there's a right way for you that feels safe. Let those who are in your closest working circle, so that may start with uh, your manager, but also your key team partners, those with whom you interact most often every day, letting them know that this is a reality that you have been facing. And it's a deeply personal decision to want to get to a point where you disclose. And not everybody is at that point because for some, you know, you're able to manage around it and you don't want it to be an issue and you don't want it to be the subject of conversation with you. You don't want accommodations to be made because you don't want to be singled out as being different in any way. And I respect that. But those of you who are feeling like disclosure is going to bring a kind of respectful empathy, within this close working circle that'll allow you to actually be more productive. Because if people know what is important to you, they understand what your triggers are, they are um, aware of the things that they may be doing that are counterproductive um, because of what you are you know, experiencing. In this case, it could be anything, anything that perhaps makes work a little bit different. It could be being neuroatypical, as an example. And, you know, there's certain ways that you learn and you want people to understand that perhaps reading documents is something that's difficult for you because you are a slower reader. These are all um, examples of things that you may want to share with your co-workers and finding the right way to say it so that it's not perceived as something that is going to significantly impact the way that you contribute is the work to be done Uh, because it is as I said before extremely personal and everybody's circumstances at work and it's from the industry that you're in to the kind of organization that you're in the culture of that company and even within that the politics that may be around you and the personalities on the team that you find yourself in, all of these are key inputs to take into consideration. But you know, assuming that you are in a position to be able to share this message with people one-on-one, um, you might frame it, and I've shared this before in previous episodes, as a separate discussion, nothing to do with work, where you are just talking about the way that you prefer to be communicated with. And trying to have that conversation as early on as possible in a new working relationship, so that people understand. And again, this is an advice. <laughs> Or a piece of advice or a tip that I think goes for many different things. It's not um, just in a situation where you're trying to explain that, you know, there's something that is atypical about you. Uh, But it could be everything from when you are best at work, your most effective working hours. And, you know, for some people, it's early in the morning and for others, it's late at night. Clearing that with the people who are on your team is invaluable um, because I think it ends up somehow getting to a place of respect and productivity, higher productivity much faster. Um, And particularly as we move into more and more of these asynchronous working environments, it's important to have those conversations. So that's it. I mean, that is, I think, the thing that I would want to try to convey to everyone listening. And I think for those of you who perhaps consider yourselves to, to fall in a, a bucket that is quote-unquote normal. Um, I think that your job is to really continue to display heightened curiosity when it comes to your co-workers and the people with whom you interact most frequently um, at the office, so to speak. You know, don't assume, and this is an example from my own life, one of the first people that I managed, I remember, would yawn a lot in meetings. And, you know, I remember at the time thinking, is it that uh, they're out too late? Like, you know, what's going on? And I had all of these thoughts in my head. But this was one of my first management uh, experiences. And I didn't, I never, I never approached the topic. Um, I, I never gave feedback. I never inquired. I did try to suspend judgment as much as possible, telling myself, everybody's life situation is different. What's, what's most important is the quality of the work. However, if younger me was listening to this podcast, I think what I would take away is to do something a little different and, and perhaps, perhaps ask a question, hey, you know, I noticed in this meeting that you, you know, yawned a lot. Um, just wanted to see, is, every, is everything okay? Or, you know, and, and really kind of frame the question in a very innocuous way neutral inquisitive way and see what happens from there because you might learn something um and if the person is uncomfortable you, you know hopefully there would be that response you know I'm, everything's okay you know I'm, I'm i just had a late night or whatever and then the conversation is done but in some instances it might actually open another piece of of thinking that nobody had considered or the manager hadn't considered because uh, that person was just waiting for somebody to, to sort of say, like, is everything okay? Um, and that, I think, is the thing that I, I think about a lot. All of the people who are forming impressions inadvertently because of some way they're showing up in meetings or in forums with other people. And then there is just assumptions, right? You, you, your brain does that. It's a, short, it's a shortcut. Um, and you tell yourself stories and it doesn't do that relationship, you know, any kind of service. And I think uh, you know, in many cases, it creates an impression around an individual that's not entirely true. And so you have a lot to gain if you display curiosity, genuine curiosity. And so I am going to end this episode with with that thought. it's It's all about uh, if you are on the side, of a working situation where you're observing somebody who is struggling or, you know, asking, displaying any kind of behavior that may seem interesting to not make assumptions, to try to to suspend judgment and to, to reach out out of curiosity. Now, <laughs> I want to, uh, I guess, end this episode with a call to you all. To share stories. Interestingly, this story came in the form of a letter that was written, and uh, um, the person who read the story is not the person who wrote the story. It's not the person who had the experience. And so, if you feel more comfortable writing, I want to share your story that way, I would be more than happy to receive it. If you feel more comfortable just talking into your phone and sending me a voice note, I would be more than happy to receive it that way. But I wanted to just share that because it's uh, A way that I can be more diverse in my expectations instead of just, you know, assuming that everybody's comfortable talking. I think uh, this was a good example of saying, huh, there's another way. And so I wanna thank Sam for that. And so without uh, too much more talking, I wanna thank you all for tuning in yet again, encouraging you to uh, connect uh, by subscribing anywhere you get your podcast fix. And of course, we're on instagram and we're on twitter at culture unfit as a handle and we would love for you to continue to follow us support share let your friends know about this if you find this to be an interesting lesson and look forward to sharing more of my thoughts and more of your stories in future episodes thank you